0: The other person you can have that's a red mark or a Hey everybody, this is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solver. Thanks so much for joining us. Every Thursday 4.30, we're going live with amazing people in the community that are helping people, helping solve problems. Every single day in the community, many, many different ways, whether it's lawyers, community activists, private investigators, doctors, uh, teachers, uh, people that work in the nonprofit community. So every week we are trying to solve problems, work with people, um, refer people to the right resources. Again, I am David Kohlmeyer, retired police officer, 17 years from New York City and Henderson. And now I'm solving problems here on social media and also uh, Tuesday 6 p.m. channel 14 which is Cox Cable. So thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Today uh, I have my great co-host here. I have Danny Miner as a co-host. I have Bezier as a co-host. So thank you so much for you guys for helping out today.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: And today we have an awesome person which is the first time on our show in 14 months that we had someone like this. We have Robert Clymer and he's a private investigator. Thanks Robert for joining us. Yep. Sure. Why not? Of course <laughs> He was doing nothing else He just rolled out of bed He's like you know what I'm going to go on the problem go. solver So Robert Clymer is a private investigator He's got a, an awesome background I got 10 pages here Of everything that he's done he Saved the president Took a bullet for a few people um, So right
2: uh, no Not that. <laughs>
0: so, No So well, haven't
2: done that yet No <laughs>
0: So we still got time And we got you know, an hour on the show So you never know right. Hopefully nobody comes to the front door It's kind of a violent Deadly place here at Sticky Pause Studio So anyway Robert, basically, has a background. I thought it'd be great to bring someone on because a lot of people don't have, um, well, a lot of people don't know private investigators in general. They don't know what they can do. And right. a lot of times, I think that if they have like a legal case, like, why can't we get a private investigator? Or if it's a, a divorce situation, or like, can we put tracking devices on people? Can we record people? So I just felt it was great to have you, you know, come on the show and talk about what you do, especially because you're in Vegas in general. So again, thanks for joining us today. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, I guess, tell us a little bit, Robert, tell us a little bit about your background. Like, people that, remember, there's people that are listening audio-wise in this video. So, tell us a little bit about your background in general.
2: Well, I'm a retired FBI agent. I was with the uh, FBI for 22 years. I was in the Kansas City field office uh, for 10 years as a a clerk, basically, a financial analyst, um, working on some cases, and finally got the opportunity to take the test, and, and Go to Quantico and, you know, pass everything you get to do there to become an agent. And in the Bureau's infinite wisdom, they sent me to Vegas. So I was a, a agent out here in Vegas for 12 years. So yep.
0: 12 years FBI agent in Vegas. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you said that you were a clerk for the FBI? Yes. So I never knew that. <clears throat> tell me about this clerk position because I never.
2: Well, you have uh, support employees for the FBI and, uh, you know, I, I come from a small town in Missouri, and growing up, I'd watch the black and white Untouchables. I'm sure most people that listen to podcasts don't know what that is, but we'd watch uh, the Untouchables on, on television, and I was like, I always wanted to do that. So since I was like five years old, I've, I've known what I wanted to do. And, you know, once I got out of high school, I'm like, I'm going to apply to the FBI. I'll do anything. Get my foot in the door. And that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, did, I don't think I've ever realized that there was
0: a, a clerk position. I mean, I'm assuming there's all kinds of administrative staff,
2: right?
3: Yeah, I, I would assume, yeah.
2: Yeah. To, in today's world, we do, I mean, the clerical position, the support employees, they do a lot. If, if, you know, I mean, the agents would have, they wouldn't look like superstars that they seem to be <coughs> if it weren't for the support people, uh, honestly. And you it, have to
1: do that? To start? Sorry. You don't
2: have to. No, no, no. I just, that was my dream to become an FBI agent. Uh So that's how I got my foot in the door. In the door, Yeah, so I got my, you know, went to night school, did my college, and when I had the opportunity to apply for the position, the special agent position, I did.
1: How long do you have to go to school for that?
2: You just have to have a degree. okay. Yeah, that's that's all you need. Just a degree. They want, it used to be, the Bureau wanted everybody to be either a CPA or an attorney. And that doesn't work in today's world because there's so many different backgrounds, so many different people, so many different cases. You want to bring diversity? Diversity into, you know, the position for an agent. So I
1: really like the voc- is it called vocational schools that are here like you go to school for one specific thing that you're wanting right. to do in life instead of having to just do all these courses and, you know, get a degree, get, you know, Four mm-hmm. years, whatever, eight years of school.
2: Right. Um, yeah.
0: I think with the FBI, when I looked into it as well, like if you had a certain amount of law enforcement, I think it was like six or eight years, and you, it was it was it a was mix, right? Like you could be a degree or law enforcement, like you know, or something. Like that. I remember because I was I was a New York City cop for about four years, and one of the right. guys I was with, I forgot his last name. It's been twenty years now, but he actually went to the FBI, and it was because of law enforcement prior experience.
2: Right. Yeah. Sure yeah. They're that. they're looking for that military law enforcement, if you, you know, you're an attorney, but whatever your degree's in, they're looking for people with the experience, whatever right. your degree is. Right. Um, and support people, you know, they, they're part of the family already, the FBI, you know, the, the family. So they, they kind of have a, um, a leg up, so to speak. So, so I got lucky.
0: So you said that you were clerk for how many years you said 10, 10 years. 10, okay. Is it very, so when you do a when you were clerk for 10 years, um, was it very difficult to apply? Like, did it take that long or you just were like happy with your position? Um, or just cause I know a lot of times it takes yeah. time. Like I was a cop for like four or five years and I eventually get called from a test. I took five years ago. Right. Like how long, you know, and sometimes I'll give you an exa- a funny story real quickly is that when I was NYPD, mm-hmm. I got the job, I was working in a, in a patrol car, but most cops will take the exam twice to be on a second list if they expired the first list. I'm not sure if it works for the FBI. You probably heard this right, the expire list, right? Oh, yeah, of course. So what happens is I was on the second list. I was already a cop in uniform, and they called me one day. NYPD calls me, like, back, background unit, know? they say, hey, are you still interested in being a police officer? I said, by the way, I work at the 73 precinct. I'm, I'm, I'm on patrol right now. Right. Which I was <laughs> laughing because, you know, you would think they would, right. like, check my name to see I was already a cop yeah. because right. I, I said hey I came off the last list you know so they're like oh I'm sorry you know you know be safe but it was just kind of funny that they're asking me because I came off the, you know they called me on the second list as well right but it's just you could go to the show like this is a cop you know calling me you think that we'd like research a little bit of right somehow they should put in David Coleman and they find out this guy's an NYPD cop yeah this is kind of a funny story
1: that is
2: funny in, in in my case when I first applied for the position um the whole testing position, uh, the whole testing process got shut down because there was a lawsuit um, about racial disparity and and it wasn't equal. It wasn't fair for anybody that wasn't a white male. So for two years, the Bureau shut the process down and revamped everything. And so I took the test once and they shut it down. And under the new system, I took the test. And you, you have it, you can, you can take the test, and if you have a second shot, right. and then that's it. You don't get a third shot. So I was pretty nervous, but I got lucky. I, I,
3: got, I got two questions for you, Robert. Okay. One is, both, I worked for two different police departments in my 27 years. Both of my chiefs of police both went to, through the FBI academy. So they applied just to get that underneath their belt. You know, when you send your chief to the FBI Academy, it's a prestigious thing. It's kind of like a fraternity. They're all together now. Everybody graduated from the FBI Academy. I heard they
0: they were just on the beach, like, you know, soaking up some sun.
3: (laughs) You know what? My chief always told me how hard it was. But, you know, I really, I don't know if it was as hard as he says it was. But his biggest thing, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if you went through it, but I, I probably, you probably did. He used to tell me something about the yellow brick road. Is that true? Yeah. That you had to run that yellow brick road and then he gave you this yellow brick?
2: Yeah, that's just fun. What is that? It's it's like an obstacle course at Quantico through the woods. Hmm. So you're climbing up obstacles and, you know, through the trees and it's a, it's an event. It's, it's a fun thing. It's like a four or five hours, if I remember right. Um, And you end up kind of helping each other out. Some, some guys can't make it through this. So you help them and. You know, um, maybe you'll need some help down down the road, but it's it's a fun thing to do.
0: Is that more for the academy? Because same yes. thing with local. I mean, not within my New York City cops I work with. I was younger at the time, so I don't remember that. But out here in Henderson, I know that was the thing they went. like, you know, congratulations. You know that they went, like you know, oh, um, a they went on vacation, yeah. right? Um, Huge. Is that yellow brick thing something that? As an FBI agent, you would do as well? Or is that something Yeah, we just, did it. Okay, so basically. Yeah, we did it. So if you're there, like an a, FBI is a thing you do.
2: A rights, a passage kind of thing. Got it, okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, and do they
3: get a yellow brick at the end? I don't know if the, the police officers did.
2: do. Yeah, they probably did. We didn't. Yeah. He got know, a brick. we didn't. He got
3: a brick. My chief used to keep it on his desk. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. We actually glued it to his desk at one point because <laughs> we were so sick of him bragging about it. So we glued it to his desk. Honestly, yeah, I'm just yeah. being honest with you. And the other thing is for municipal cops, Dave, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have to be a sergeant or a buff. To get I think to the so. F- yeah, you can't yeah. just be a corporal or just a patrolman. You have to be a sergeant above, and I believe you had to supervise for three years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you have to be like, like Robert would have to okay me, and then I have to be second by another FBI agent or something like that to be able to get in, if I can remember. I'm not. Yeah, president. I don't
2: know what the process is. But yeah, yeah. Those those guys, um, they're all good guys. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> it, and it gives them. There's a lot of training. Uh, the bureau does it because one of the missions of the bureau is to provide assistance to local law enforcement right. upon request. So, right. you know, you get the the training, what what can the bureau do for them? What's what's the lab? When would you make that kind of request? Right. You know, so they go through the training. They one of the interesting things in the gym for each class that would go through, there would be I don't know, like how many pounds lost that class did. Right. And it would be in the thousands sometimes. Right. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they come and they're kind of like me, you know. Put some weight in. You know, we're packing it on now in the later right. later years, <laughs> and um, yeah, you're doing a lot of exercise, a lot of running, and yeah, um, it's it's a blast. Yeah. Monaco was just just fun. Fun. It was just a blast.
0: Did you? Was that your second question too? No, my uh, second <laughs> question. <laughs> th- no,
3: my second question would have been if you remember, I uh, I believe it was uh, Jodie Foster in the one movie. She she yeah, did the Yellow yeah. Brick Road in oh. it and everything. I can't they get a name, <laughs> Hannibal, or what was that? Uh, yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. When she was in Silence of the Lambs, she actually she ran the Yellow Brick. Road. I don't remember that. Yeah, she actually that. did the uh, yeah. Yellow Brick Road in that. Yeah, that's. Uh, Can that's, uh, we please get this
0: guy in the Yellow Brick Road already? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's like, we gotta get this guy Yellow Brick Road. Oh, Yellow Brick. Actually, I was gonna make a joke. You know that um, Elon Musk? You know he was selling bricks from his first. Um, you know, he does things like that. He sells uh, different things. Like, there's, a, there's actually a, you know that? No. There's actually a brick that, that's the way he like does like making money where he has a little bit of a flamethrower that he was selling to people. Like, it's a limited supply. There was a limited supply of bricks from when he was building the tunnels. Okay. And the brick is worth money. If you could look online, yes. Elon Musk bricks. Have you heard of that? No. Elon Musk bri- uh, brick. Okay. And they're worth money. And it's a certain type of brick. I would look it up. <laughs> but anyway, you're talking about bricks. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So let's, I let's, just let's, know it's
1: worth money. So.
0: <coughs> I Let's jump that. into this thing. So I, I sent you a little bit of a thing where for onboarding for coming on the show. And it says, how does your company solve problems? So my goal is, like, how do we help solve problems? Right. And, you know, for people that are listening in general or some of the clips that are what we call micro content that will eventually go out from this podcast, I want to share what you what you wrote for how your company solves problems. And then we can talk about that. Okay. You wrote the driving purpose of what your company is called Sin City Private Investigators is to help others who either cannot stand up for themselves or find themselves in difficult situations and require our set of unique abilities and talents to resolve their difficult issues we treat every case with the utmost importance and every client with utter respect our clients deserve our best efforts and resources to effectively and efficiently resolve their case in a logical and concise manner which i think is amazing sounds great so so tell me when do people when can they call you because i think a lot of people i mean do they if they need a private investigator when do they need one when can someone call you because i think some people think like you need a lawyer or a case to really like hire you. So, I mean, if this, just share like about, like you get calls all the time. Like I know probably could be a lot of family law issues or people that want to get a divorce. Tell us a little bit about who are calling you and how you help people.
2: Okay, um, most of the people that do call me don't know what they're looking for. They really don't know what, what they need. Honestly, they, they don't know. I like working with attorneys. Because I don't want to do a lot of work that a client doesn't need because anything I do costs them money. So I would rather work with an attorney if they have a civil or you know a criminal case that they caught. but a lot of times you know if it's a, a cheating spouse or a child custody case or you know a number of things a missing person's case, whatever, um, the person will call and we'll just talk about what their situation is their unique situation and figure out how we can best help them every every case is different even even though you might say oh that's a cheater case well for the person that's going through it their heart's being broken you know i, I remember following this guy um we ended up down at on the strip Uh, on a little bar off by the Flamingo. I I forget what the name of it is. And um, this guy, he was fine, no problems. And then all of a sudden he starts flirting with every girl that goes by. And next thing you know, he's, he's, you know, kissing on her and doing all these things. And, you know, so I, I sent a quick little video via my cell phone to the client and didn't hear anything silence i'm wondering did she get it did she see it after a bit she came back and she goes thank you i just wish you weren't so good at your job Mm. because it's heartbreaking her her kids her family everything so you know what we do affects people's lives and i i think i honestly think that you know me and the guys that work for me giving our clients our best efforts is you know what I would expect if I were to you know hire a private investigator or an attorney or any professional mm-hmm. I would expect their best efforts and I think it's only fair you know
0: so so you get see so a lot of people do you get a lot of these cases I guess is that what you call them, like cheaty cases people that are that they feel divorced uh, or are they people being somewhere. Someone
2: yeah, they're they're we get some of those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do.
0: So basically following them tracking around a little bit getting some evidence for the other person just so they have closure of right. what's really going on. Do they have right. suspicions.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting cuz um and maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but men when they call me, they are um I don't know, uh, jealous. I, I think I think men are the weaker emotional animal here, uh, to be honest with you but sometimes they get really, really, really jealous. And maybe they're thinking, you know, this is what I would do. So she must be doing this or that or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll follow, you know, his spouse around or, or whoever. And, you know, a lot of times I'll tell him, Hey, she's nothing's going on here. I I remember being at the ghost bar at the Palms at three o'clock in the morning um, and, this lady was just dancing anybody on the dance floor having a great time. That's all she was doing. And he was like, no, 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 something's going to happen. This is, she never does this. Um, she never goes out dancing at at home. I'm like, dude, I think you need to take your wife out, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and let her blow off some steam. And she was, she was just fine. Um, that's, the night, you know, I was sitting there at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, what am I doing here? So the next day I started hiring people and letting these young guys, you know, do do the surveillance on the strip. But right.
1: So you'll it, pretty much take any case, really, if anybody needs...
2: If they need help. They yeah. Need help. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. Do you ever feel, though, it's kind of interesting because let's just...
1: Like what qualifies as uh, being able to help? or No, help what I was going to say is
0: like these cheating keys, do you ever feel like if you give the information to a guy... Or to a girl that they wind up taking information and they wind up like killing right. the other person. Are you ever
1: concerned about that?
2: I, yeah, that's, that's always a concern. Especially that's always in the back people. of your mind. Um, I wonder if she's gonna kill them. In, in Vegas, a lot of our cases are you know, the, the spouse or the boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever is in another state. Mm-hmm. So we'll let them know, you know. And that's something that's gonna come down later. But if, it's, if, if we're working a case for a local, I don't want that confrontation like on the TV show cheaters. I don't want that conversation. So they'll get a report the next day and the videos and the photos and so on when they've had a chance to calm down. Right. And then they can deal with it. Or when the spouse returns from Vegas, they've had a minute to process it. You know, maybe they've already started the divorce filing or whatever, but it's funny because when women call me conversely with, with men, men are jealous. Women, pretty much know you know that gut feeling that women have it's a strong intuition yeah you have this intuition or whatever you know i you knew just beja need, had
0: her powers <laughs>
2: oh it's it. like a sixth sense <laughs> it, it, something but uh, women just want to the verification that third party verification that we're
1: not just, crazy and what exactly, we're feeling is right <laughs> exactly <laughs> the confirmation
2: yes so um I, I i think they're a little bit more emotionally um uh prepared to deal with you know, the, the outcomes of the surveillance. So yeah.
1: y- you said, um, locally, and then you said other states, are you all over the U S or you guys just have people here that travel out to do we, these investigations or?
2: Yeah. Our work is local. Okay. We're, we're licensed in the state of Nevada. Um, but our clients are from all over the world. Yeah. I can, I can run a background, you know, check from, but you guys would go anyone. out yeah. to would a different
1: go- state to investigate in that state, follow them there. Not
2: necessarily. I have, okay. I, 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 I did spend some time in Colorado. I called this my black widow case where this lady was, uh, <laughs> she would befriend and take care of these old men. And then they would die. And she'd move to the next county in Denver and do the same thing.
1: Did she get their will and their insurance <laughs> she money? She got and... all their money. <laughs> all their money. <laughs>
2: everything went to her. And wow. yeah, and all these uh, local police departments didn't have was the that illegal? ability to... Put it all together, but we were able to do that, yeah. I mean, basically, if yeah, she's she killing if she coercion, kills them, she's, she's what, taking advantage of you know, it's
0: their, called
1: coercion, okay. Yeah, you know,
0: this is a good question. It'll be interesting just to share this with Beja as well, since we have law enforcement here, you know, yeah. right. But here's a good question every time that I went to a location where someone died, right, detectives come, they look for you know, f- you know, uh, foul play, right? They look around, most of the times they say, Oh, person died for something, right? Well, they do an auto- autopsy, right? But my main thing is, I always felt like it seems a little like too easy. Like if I, if you just push somebody, I just feel like a lot of cases I would go to, like you never really knew if someone really did something. To right. me, I felt that it was very easy to just have someone just pass away unless there's something, if there's something in their body. I just felt that some of these cases, they just just deem it like it's natural or something. I just always felt like if you did a little bit more of an investigation, like maybe there'd be something more. Right. What are your well, thoughts with that? I mean we,
2: we have a a current case um that we're working. Um this this kid everybody's a kid to me, I'm you know, getting old. But this kid Brian Scanlon um either was pushed or fell or whatever off the thirty second floor of the Turnberry Towers. Wow. Crashed right through the atrium while we were having breakfast about a year ago now. Okay. And so was it Rugs. That's what
0: it. They, these people that are jump, right? You
2: never like, you know, the toxicology toxicology report comes back, and there's enough to say, well, it could have been an accident. Case closed.
0: Right. Yeah, I just think
2: that so some of these kids. So he was pushed, but,
1: or he fell. Because when you say pushed, yeah. then that indicates that you're thinking yeah, exactly. somebody pushed him, right? He
2: he may yeah. have been thrown, for all all I know. Um, we're still looking into it. We're, we're still looking into it. Um, it's it's a very interesting case. It's it's one of those little unsolved. You know, know, I do have a a case.
0: You know, there was somebody that I met a few years ago, and I I don't think I really had a relationship with like a private investigator in general. But I really should connect you with with this one particular guy because it was like a suicide um, note or something, and and he, the brother, feels that it definitely was something more. But like most police, I feel, and nothing against the police since we were cops, but I just feel like the amount of time that someone's going to invest in it. Eventually, you know, if there's not enough evidence or leads or something like that, eventually they're just going to close out the case. Right. Unless there's something, right? You got video or something, a witness. Or something. I just always feel like if you had a little bit more time, that maybe something would be uncovered for one, you know, it could be one out of a hundred, right? Right. That they're, they're, they're closing out, right. but it was like something, you know? But there's one case that I have that I wouldn't mind putting you in touch with somebody that was uh, the person saying, look, he was totally happy. There's no reason why he was upset or right. depressed and they felt that it was like foul play. So maybe I should hook you up with him. But I guess my question, what do you thoughts? Any of the, Dave, yeah, your the thing that I
3: want to bring up, and, and probably a lot of the public doesn't know this, but when you go to a scene where there's a death, right? The detectives show up, the cops show up, the district attorney comes out, I mean, we always used to call the district attorney out for a murder. People don't realize that the district attorney, the cops don't decide if this is suspicious. The coroner does. Right. He is the guy that's gonna come there, look at the body, pronounce the pronounce them dead, and then he decides if it's suspicious a lot of people don't realize that they think the cops decide if it's suspicious but it's really the coroner he's the guy that's going to say if the death is suspicious
1: yeah that's true and then you talk about you know helping others who can't stand up for themselves or find themselves in a difficult situation Mm -hmm. um a lot of these cases i just feel like they get closed out so quickly i mean how do people go about like doing that do they is it expensive i mean the services um so they wanted to basically hire you they needed help yeah and just saying like this this isn't right and, you know, the cops or the coroner is yeah. deeming out that it's not, uh, that it was natural causes crosses or, or whatever, right? Right. right. So yeah. how? Well,
0: so like what's the tab that, on something like this? Yeah.
2: It can get expensive. I, 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 I really try to work with my clients within their budgets, mm-hmm. you know, so if, if somebody's really, really, really struggling, you know, I'll take a look at it and say, you know, this is, this is what I think, uh, and this is what we can do. So good And your... this is what it's going to cost. So, you know, um, if you had to
0: throw a number, let's just throw a number out. If I say
2: right now, oh, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> you're asking the impossible. It's case, it's case no, let's say case.
0: Somebody that, okay. <laughs> someone that was maybe pushed over a high rise and you had to do a little bit of investigation. Right. Are we talking about, cause here's the problem. Right? And this is the same thing about our, you know, living in general, financial situation. Like it's kind of like the bail process where people that if they can't afford to bail out, they're stuck in jail. And that's where this bail reform going on. Right. Hiring a private investigator because law enforcement doesn't have enough time to check on the suicide for a family member. Mm. And I want to hire you. Can we throw a number out? Like, is, is it $5,000? Do you think it's more than that? I mean, if you had to this estimate. the average. If I wanted to basically say, like, I want you to do some, use some of your, use your, 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 your background experience. Spend, you know, a month researching to let me know if I'm not crazy or not. Right. Is like five grand like a decent well, number?
2: I, you know, I, I, I like to start a little smaller. Okay. Actually, you know, it, it the case may end up costing five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand. You don't, uh, you don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but to get started, run some background investigations on on some of the targets, see what they're doing. Maybe some surveillance. Um, review the reports. Review the reports. See if there's some life to the case, so to speak. I'd say about fifteen hundred bucks. Okay.
0: So it's not so expensive. Nice. And
2: then. Mm-hmm take a look at it. And I know a lot of PIs will say, you know, it's $5,000 and then you don't hear from them Mm -hmm. for two, three months. And you're wondering what happened. I don't do that. i I like to work with my clients and start small, see what's their, what, what facts are coming to light and then make a logical decision on the best investigative technique to use at that point.
0: Do you have, um, would you say money is a problem with some clients when they call you or it's not always a problem? I mean, 1500 bucks, two thousand, dollar not reasonable, right? If someone yeah. really wanted to do some research and, and have someone on their side.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, would you say a lot of people call and they don't have money or most of the people like they have a little bit of money to afford your services?
2: Mm, it's a mix. Got it. It really is a mix. Um, I, think, I think most people today are working, they're living within a budget, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'm very aware of that. I mean, right. I'm a normal person too. You know, so everybody should be, you know, working do you within work a budget. with people? Yes. In their budgets yes. and stuff? Okay, good. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's important. All right, go ahead, get a question.
1: I do. Um, missing persons. That's a uh, big that's, to me. Is that...
2: That's a tricky one here in Vegas. It really is because Vegas is such a transient town. Right. Um, we had a case, George. His mom and dad died, so his brother calls me up and george a typical homeless man he you know mm-hmm. the long beard the the you know leather skin he's mm-hmm. he's been on the streets for years and years and years and his mom and dad died and now he's a millionaire he just doesn't know it so we have to find him you know it took me two years down.
1: Yeah, it wow. took me two years oh to find gosh.
2: it. Yeah, it's, it was very George, difficult. George,
1: if you're watching this right now. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Yeah. I so, love you. <laughs>
0: Your wife is waiting for you here at Studio B, Sticky yes. Studio.
1: Beja. Beja, just yeah. ask for Beja. Uh,
2: I, I believe all that money's in a trust fund being managed for him. Yeah, sorry. So you found him after two years. You yeah, did. It took a while. But... How I, did that work out? When yeah. You find how long them?
1: does that? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, does it you cost can, money to keep that open case or uh, case open? I'm sorry. And then um, after how long do you guys close out a missing persons case? Um, I just have I so many. questions. Depends about
0: this the, it depends. On probably on the client, right? Yeah. How, how long do want to go? How they how want to listen. keep right, searching. Right. Yeah. But this guy probably had a lot of money anyway, so the goal was to find them, right? Because he's well, got money sitting in a trust.
2: But George would had this habit of getting arrested over and over and over, so that helped. It, was, track, it, was, to it, down. it took a, it took a minute, but yeah. So yeah, it, it took. So a here's minute. a question:
0: You eventually you find them, like, right. wherever you find them. I don't know what you can say. What you can't see, you find them somewhere. What you say? Hey, I'm, um, I'm Robert. I just want to let you know you got some money waiting for you back in Georgia. Like you know, how would has that had that work out.
2: Um, actually, his um, brother came out. Okay, and I guess so. Uh, you like you located him. Yeah, and then they came out and you know made contact and you know <laughs> talked to him. So. That worked out pretty good, and, and everything is all settled now for them. Okay. There's other cases though. Um, we worked a case, and and we found um, the kid's body. You know, his head was chopped off. You know, we we solved that one too. It's it's very unfortunate. Do you, you have know, a, that was a lot an of unresolved kind of case? So, you know, they they went after him. So there there are some cases. I don't necessarily close anything out. I'll check back with the client, you know, and and says, check the hospitals, check the jails, check you know homeless shelters, and you know, what? This is a sense. good
0: question. You know, like you know, I have two girls and the boy, and they're younger. Mm-hmm. And I never really, you know, I was a cop for 17 years, so I never really like had. Maybe we had missing persons where we we're looking for people, but I, maybe I've taken a case and we've closed out a lot of times as more mentally ill. But I never really had like a like a k- young kid that was taken, you know, like a milk like a I would a milk carton type of case. Do you feel like when I tell my kids like be careful on the street, like you're watching them in your eyes, like like human trafficking and stuff like that? Have you dealt with that over the years? Like how serious do you feel? You know, the other day when I was in the airport, I went to the bathroom. And you mm-hmm. close the door, and it says, if you're, like, human trafficking, you can call this number. Meanwhile, it's, right. like, an 800 number. Right. By the time you get to a phone, you know, like, find the phone, remember the number. You can't you know? even remember the number. Yeah. It's not even easier. So yeah. Yeah. what's remember? your thoughts in regards to your experience in regards to, like, missing children? You know, you hear these crazy stories, right? They, you know?
2: It's 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 a real thing. One of, the, one of the most chilling moments I had as an FBI agent was we were working – I was working a um, – most of my career has been working organized crime. Um, and I worked LCN and Chinese and Eurasian organized crime cases. This is a Chinese case and we finally got enough evidence to, it was actually a a slot cheating case. Back in the day, you had the coins, they would shave the coins down just a, a, a little bit so that, you know, when you put the coins into, um, the, the slot machines, they register. But when they pay out, they're just a a tad bit smaller. So when they roll down the ramp, they're not being counted by the little arm that goes up and down. So, you know, you dump 2,000 coins, 200 coins in, push cash out, and you get some of your coins back. You keep feeding it, and within 30 minutes, they were emptying a $7,000 hopper. Right. And in, in these, we don't have that anymore, but that's how mm. old I am. But anyhow, <laughs> so we did the search on this, this guy, the dialogue, the, um, the leader of this Chinese gang and on his bedstand was a list of names and next to it was a list of amounts, you know, price. And for me to see that list, to see a tangible list of the value of a person's life that's being held hostage being forced into slave labor that's I a mean, modern day you know white slavery case oh my god yeah and it it, it was chilling to me oh my god yeah and and I've worked with you know working organized crime the 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 Chinese cases like this i worked with a confidential informant once and he was smuggled over into in for him to tell his story was just fascinating, right? Because he was held for 10 years in New York, forced into um, working in a restaurant. He didn't have a life. He they were held at gunpoint. They were brought to the restaurant. They worked their shifts, and then they went back to. And that's going on in America, and that's just sad. That kind of thing is chilling.
0: In regards to children, like you're, right. you we don't get to your family situation, but let's say you have young children. Are you like, I guess I'm desensitized by being a police officer, but like my kids are outside in the front. I'm watching them a little bit, but you could turn your head and your kid could be gone, right? It doesn't matter what community that you live in, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> my question to you is, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you feel that you've, you've seen so much that you wouldn't let your kids be in the front yard and it's always in the backyard? Because sometimes I think about that in general. Oh, I will share one other thing. The other day, you know, a friend came over and even my little daughter, basically, you know, she's seven years old. And he's just being very nice and friendly. And then he's like, oh, come sit on my lap, right? He's right. just being nice and friendly. He's a really nice guy. But in my mind, now my daughter's getting older, I'm like, do I want that, right? And I, so I guess I, I am more victimized because I've seen a lot of bad things happen, right? Right.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's interesting that you ask him how he feels about it, but you say that you're desensitized to it. To no, like, I'm, de- like
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm Like sometimes I'm like confused or decently, like I'm, I'm like, because sometimes you could be overreacting. Sure. So Am I overreacting or not, you know? And I was thinking oh, okay. about. You know, talking to my daughter about that situation because then she's getting a little bit older. Like, because maybe she didn't really feel comfortable. Because he's like, right. "Hey, can you sit on my lap?" I know the guy in general, right? But in my mind, and when I was when the when she was younger, once some random person like kissed the baby, you know, and I was like, I didn't, I was really upset about that, you know. So I'm sometimes I get confused or I'm desensitized with the issue. Even like 9/11, I saw the tower was come down. I worked that day. I was in Brooklyn. When you know, wow. when if I was really close to it, like under it, it'd be different. I was across the bridge. I saw it go down. It was like the Nakatomi Building and Diehard. You know, like, I was desensitized. Like, I didn't, you didn't, like, you knew it was a bad thing, but, like, you see so much stuff and you watch movies, you just forget, like, the real deal. If I was under the tower and stuff was coming on me, right, it would be a different situation than being across the bridge. It looked a little, it almost looks fake, you know, like.
1: That's interesting, because for me, being a single mother in the way that I grew up and all the trauma, whatever, and PTSD that I have, I'm not desensitized by anything. I'm more, you know, if anything, I probably am more overprotective and,
3: Um, but I just feel... The the thing I just want to add to this, especially when you talk about children, and I'm sure you guys know this, but I was on the Missing Child Task Force, and what we did in our community was any child that is missing, like the minute they're missing, they called us all out from our house, and we immediately got on the case. So they had one detective from each police department assigned to this, so they would call me 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. And another thing people don't understand, the Amber Alert, they have to really prove that kid's missing because you got to make sure that a parent didn't take it or the kids might be somewhere else because you want people to take the Amber Alert serious. Mm -hmm. So that Amber Alert, before that goes out, they make sure that kid is really missing because just like we hear car alarms go off, we don't take it serious, okay? They want you to hear that Amber Alert and know that kid is missing. But here's the facts, and it's scary. Mm -hmm. You have three hours to find that child.
1: Yeah, If you don't find that child in
3: three hours, the child's probably going to be found dead. And that's a scary part, and I know it's a dark thing to say, but I'm telling you the truth. So we went You're, from
1: 24 hours to three hours.
3: You got three hours to find that kid. That kid's usually murdered within a mile from where they were abducted. So you have to, you have to get on it very quickly. And, I, and I'm sure you know that. And I'm right. you know, yeah. It's a tough thing.
1: Back to the question. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> I would like to hear your, uh, your feelings about, on that. About the
3: children in the front?
1: Or just how you feel about it. Yeah, tell it. us. I, I don't know how far. I, for my kids for when, they were, kids, when yeah, they were growing personal. up and,
2: and now my grandkids. Yeah. Um, it's like a cop. You have to be aware of your situation, situational awareness. And I think kids need to, even though the world is not um, rosy all the time, they need to understand the dangers in the world and be aware of them. Mm-hmm. So that, because they're the first line of defense, these kids need to understand that, there, yeah, there is danger that exists. And if something does happen, they need to fight for their lives because they won't get another chance.
3: Agree. Agree. Yeah.
2: But... Being desensitized? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I take things to heart. It, I, I don't know. My heart it, bleeds for people. It's so.
1: My heart I, is heavy right now.
2: Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. You know, I
0: remember seeing, um, you know, some, some children where they were depressed and they hung themselves. You know, and I would right. walk in and see it, and I just remember like, like it was sad, but like I don't know. I just felt different with seeing those things. I'm sure you've seen them before, you know. Or I actually had someone that came into a law firm. They tried to make him an informant Uh and young guy, but he didn't seem so upset, you know, in regards to, it was just for marijuana, but they wanted to start buying and he wasn't sure what to do. Right. So I said, hey, you should have an attorney. Like every person should have an attorney if they believe they have a legal case or the government basically has a lawyer against you. So should you, right? So he was going to talk to his dad or whatever happened. I spoke to the father. They were going to come back the next day. He killed himself um, because he was, didn't know what to do. He thought he was going to go to jail, get arrested, but they wanted to make him an informant. And I tried to explain to them you should have you know if you have an attorney even if you get arrested or get a ticket the attorneys will go to court and fight for you you know right after that day I'm a little bit more sensitive to everybody like please don't do anything drastic like the lawyers that I work with will get you through the situation don't do anything to harm yourself you're gonna be okay or don't
1: do anything that makes you uncomfortable even if the police are telling you to do that. Can we talk about that? I mean, or that could be a whole other conversation. But I just feel like even just trying to put somebody in that position, I mean, if he wasn't put in that position, he probably wouldn't have done that.
0: True, true. I mean, I remember talking to the officers and saying, hey, he killed himself. I mean, whether they cared or not, that's a different situation. I mean, they're just doing their job. They didn't kill him. I mean, he was doing something illegal at the time, and they were trying to, in some regards, making that case go away for the guy as long as he was working for them. But that's a whole other story about being an informant and whether or not you should do it or not. It's a different story. I don't know what you take you want if you want and to,
2: I think it's, uh, it's, your preference. it's not knowing it's, mm-hmm. it's that darkness, it not, not understanding what's going on around you and, and having those questions. What should I do? You know? Um, and, and it's, it's a tough decision. Sometimes, uh, perhaps it's a little much for one person to handle. Yeah.
0: Danny, I, before I jump into other questions, do you have any specific questions that you can think of? Yeah, go for I you, do have it. a question. I can talk all day. But I know, ahead. right? I I'm ready to like jump Go for it, go for it. You know what? Can you you're, come you're,
3: back? Yeah, you're a very interesting person. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Just talking to you, I can tell you have a good heart. And I, if I needed a private investigator to hire you, because I believe yes, that if you couldn't help somebody, you would tell them you couldn't help them. And, and I, be, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I, I tell people that, that all the time. Or
2: I tell them, you don't need me to do this. You can do this on your own. Yeah. This is what you should do. Uh, Robert, my one, wife says I shouldn't be doing that, but I don't know. I, I want to help somebody.
3: Right. When I moved here to, to right. Vegas, I, my thought was I retired being a cop, moved from Vegas. I was a cop in Pennsylvania. I thought about being a private investigator when I came out here. Okay. Then I looked into it, and it's hard. It's you got to jump through hoops. You got to take yeah. a test. You got cost you a bunch of money. In Pennsylvania, you go down to the courthouse. You say I was a cop for 27 years. They sign a piece of paper, and you're a private investigator. That's, right. how probably, that's how the thing is. But when I came out here, the only thing that interests me, and this Mike, is there a case you would want to investigate? Me personally, I would love to investigate the John Benet Ramsey case. I would love oh. to solve that case that's on my mind all the time. I actually went to Colorado because I, I worked out there for a law firm. I actually went out to Colorado and I went to the house, the John Benet Ramsey house. Just to see the neighborhood because I'm so interested on who did that, Kate. Who okay. did that crime? Right, right, right. You know what I mean. So, is there any case out there that you would like? Oh my gosh, I love to be on. Yeah, that's
1: interesting. I <laughs> yeah. want to
3: hear it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm searching through my brain to
2: to kind of come up with something, but nothing nothing, really? nothing, 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 <laughs> nothing jumps the in there on because the news. Everything I, you, know, that you I, hear I, 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 like I said at the beginning, you know, when I was a little kid, I, uh-huh. I wanted to be that FBI agent, and I wanted, I mean in, in Kansas city as a, a teenager growing up, we had, you know, the mafia blowing each other up, you right. know, car bombs and this down in the river key area. And I just thought that was just um, uh, fascinating. Right. And that's what I wanted to do. I want to work organized crime. Right. I got to do that. Awesome. I, my, my career as an agent was a hoot. I loved it. <laughs> loved every minute of it. And, and when, when I retired, um, I mean, going 90 to nothing. Right. I was bored immediately. You can only watch so much, you know, news on way. TV. And I had to do something. And, and I, I, I kind of searched around and, and thought, you know, how can I help people? Awesome. What can I do to help people? I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, take cases chase for. Chase big cases. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't chase the big cases. I don't work for the casinos. <laughs> I don't. Uh, um, so you like I the smaller cases in general? I like helping people.
1: So Have I you like been it. called yeah. to a. Uh, be a part of any major case that's been on the news or
2: yeah some of them yeah
1: that you can't yeah that you're allowed to yes uh,
2: yeah some of them discuss. um and you know I'll, I'll do my part i'll help people out you know um but um wow. i understand I, there's a couple that come up you know the uh oj simpson case when he was in in vegas i worked a little bit on that oh awesome. wow awesome we, okay. the vegas case the vegas case okay Station, yeah, yeah. right yeah. Yep. Yeah, Palestine station. Yeah.
0: So let's uh, let's talk about that one if you don't mind uh, yeah. what could you talk about? Well, here's here's a question. We can, <laughs> you tell me what you can't or not talk about. But let's talk yeah. about let's talk about the OJ Simpson the regular case in general. What are okay. your thoughts?
2: Can you talk about that case? Uh apparently he shouldn't have put the glove on. Yeah. I think that was a really bad mistake. <laughs> oh shit. So here's you a question. Do you think you, you, as an you attorney th- you don't ask a question you don't know the, the answer, answer to, right? You know? exactly, so do you yeah.
0: think just your opinion. Do you think that the glove you know shrank while it was in oh Evidently, like what, what's your take on what you think i have on? no idea can i ask you like what you no take on? do you think that he did he <clears throat> did commit the
2: crime or did he not what you, my personal opinion what's your opinion i think so I, In 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 this world there are two types of crimes there's crimes of passion and crimes for money you know passion is like oj simpson that's what i tell my clients Crimes
0: for passion and crimes for money yeah i, feelings, that's I shirt. would I
2: like say 90 percent of crimes for money so, there's the you always, always, you know, chase the money. You look for the money. Where did the money go? So, that and case, it
3: was passion or jealousy. Exactly. Okay. I'm glad you said that, though. Just, I just want your, you answered that question. and A. Ramsey, then. What would that have been? And who do you think did it? Just off the top of your head. I, I mean, just off uh, the top of your head. I'll tell you. Um, I feel like Grimes to get all the
2: lights on him. <laughs> where, where, where were
3: you that night? Where were you? <laughs> oh, I know we're yeah, not <laughs>
1: interrogating my <opinion>. you. No.
2: <laughs> there, and, and I'm sure you guys know this. When when you're doing interviews of, of subjects, you can watch their eyes sure. and know what they're thinking. Exactly. And a lot of times, I've I've sit in an in, in interrogation, and I'll stop the subject right then and there, and I say, "Whatever you're going to say right now is going to be a lie," because I just saw their eyes do, Sure, you know, <laughs> all over the place. They're looking for something that I might believe or whatever. Um, and I heard a presentation from one of the behavioral science um, guys at Quantico okay. about that case and about the original, um, I guess, the interviews that were on television the with the reporters, with the parents. I
3: read the interviews. I read the whole book on it.
2: And his take was that their eyes betrayed them they right. were lying in, in in those interviews i don't know i right. didn't really follow the case i think it is a very interesting fascinating case right but in in my mind,
3: right it's something I, I
2: take this guy's opinion i, th- I think it's
3: you that, know that's what i it. think too and when i went there if you went to this colorado neighborhood in boulder it's a gorgeous rich neighborhood yeah. To me, there is no serial killer running around this neighborhood trying. And there was no signs of really breaking other than there was a basement window or something like that, they said. And just really, I'm sorry, this case really intrigues me. They didn't search the whole entire house, the cops. They left the people in the house. And that is such, the Boulder police made tons of mistakes is what I'm saying. Yeah, Tons of mistakes. You make everybody leave the house and you search that house for the child. Everything should have been searched the minute they got in there. That's their big screw up. Somebody had to do it in the house. Yeah. I. I'm not saying that the parents did it. Right. Somebody. I'm
2: saying that the parents know who did it, and they're covering it. I agree. That's that's what I think. I agree
1: with you. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I had a question about the, the OJ case. Okay, so you <laughs> gave your opinion, but what exactly did you do? Like, what was your...
0: The the Vegas case. Can you talk about anything t- that? Yeah, or?
1: like, what exactly was your work there?
2: Um, basically, I looked at the search warrant that the police officers did, the... the the search of the room um, at Palace Station. Right. And kind of dissected that, what they did right, what they did wrong. And
0: how do, how do you feel? Um, I mean, most cops locally seem to do a decent job. I, mean, I know, honestly, in Henderson, we used to always say that they're more detailed reports. Right. But I'm sure a Metro detective was doing a great job anyway. But I mean, there's always room for yeah. a better search warrant, I guess. People had different clauses no. and different things, That's right? That's why we have people Cops
3: like are you. human. Yeah. Cops they make are mistakes. human. Yeah.
2: They make mistakes um, they need to be held to a higher standard because that's just the nature of the job you you have a millisecond to make a life and death decision and they need that training they have to they have to be able to to do that but you know mistakes made because they're lazy or or kind of laxadaisical about about their job position they what do they're the doing or if you go into mm-hmm an investigation thinking in your mind the guy's guilty you you it's like a horse putting blinders on and that's you you can you can you can convict a a, a ham sandwich
0: if you think someone's basically you know? guilty you could start so writing that right okay
2: yeah
1: okay.
2: and and you miss everything else around you so you have to have an open mind you have to keep your eyes open and you have to look at everything
0: so if you thought that the search warrant was really bad or for whatever whatever your work was involved or, or searching it or examining it, I'm assuming if you found something good that the case could have been thrown out or appealed.
2: Right. Well, so, yeah, and, and there were just minor mistakes. So was yeah, it so I, I, I think they did a good job, but I do think that when when they went into um they wanted to get OJ for the murders and this is the way to do it. But I agree. It is. Did he ever? I don't even know. Did he ever appeal that case in Vegas? I I didn't follow it. I don't really know. I don't
0: know.
3: I mean, he got like ten years for robbery. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? In in yeah. he might have got two years on probation or something if he wasn't OJ Simpson. That's my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you, do you agree? <laughs> I don't know. I I learned
2: a long time ago to uh, just collect the facts, right? And let the attorneys and 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 people that above Decide. my pay status make the decision <laughs> I got you I may or may not agree with them but it's that's their job not mine sure
1: uh one last thing here just because sure. you are on the problem solver and I know Dave <laughs> explained to you earlier that you know he's a retired police officer he works right. with attorneys he has the the legal network I have the medical network I work with providers okay. um you also help attorneys with workman's compensation personal injury um, you do litigation. Uh, you also have expert witness testimony on your... What is this? My CV. Yeah, yeah your CV. Right. Um, <laughs> so you could be a lot of help to not just people. And right. I know that your focus is on people, but to a lot of other attorneys. And again, we have how many people watching? Um, I. Um, we're obviously going to put your information out at the end. But I guess my question was... Um, I mean, Are the bottom
0: line th- is, you work with if a lawyer or a doctor needed some help. You're available, even just not working with yeah. individual people. So it would absolutely. be you'd be um, a resource to oh. lawyers and doctors or anyone you know, medical legal community. That, Are you open yeah. for
1: business?
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's <was> my question. <laughs>
2: All the time.
0: Will you roll out of yes. bed at like 4 a.m. for something? No problem?
3: Yeah. Or one of my guys He's the boss, right? <laughs> right. You're the boss.
1: 25-8. <laughs> I'm 25-8. So whenever you need us, call yeah. us. So mm-hmm. are you that type of... How many
0: people yeah. do you have, if you don't mind me asking, how many people do you have working with you?
2: Yeah. Um, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. I had about 12.
0: That's a lot of um, people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're just now scaling back up. Okay. So yeah, that's that's. Is it just
0: because you have a lot of work in general? Are, are these people like out and about, or they're like more in the office setting, or is it both?
2: No. Well, yeah. I mean, if you don't document something, it never happens. So if you do a surveillance and you don't write it down, you don't do that surveillance report. You don't. It take never the happened. Minutes, if you didn't write it down,
1: it never happened. It never
2: happened. So yeah. So I there's there's a little bit of uh, you know paperwork, but Got it. Both, mostly my guys are out on the street doing surveillance or interviewing witnesses or whatever needs to be done.
0: Do you know what is the rule? Someone asked me the other day is in regards to doing um, audio devices, you're big with audio devices in regards to like some people, like we had a person on the actual TV show of the problem solver where she was a daycare worker. Okay. And someone called me actually the other day saying that they wanted to record inside the actual daycare facility. And she put a little bit of audio device on a bag and to record. And I guess people were talking about, the parents or they were, like, they were Googling the name and the child was like disabled. The child wasn't able really to speak. So they Ew. did an audio recording on a device and they got the information, but she was questioning me first, hey, is it legal? How do, what's the, the laws in regards to tape recording others? Or, that's a great what's question. your experience with that? Well,
2: it, it, it depends on the, expec- ec- the person that's being recorded. It depends on their expectation of privacy. So for, to go into a person's home, And to install a listening device, you would be in violation of federal law because that person's, your home is the most protected space you have. Mm -hmm. So you would need a court order. You know, a judge is going to have to order a law enforcement agency to go in there and listen to those. Same thing with the telephone. You have Mm -hmm. an expectation of privacy. Now, if you're at Starbucks and you're sitting there and you're talking about your master plan to rob the bank, (laughs) and I'm sitting right next to you and I can overhear the conversation, you really don't have an expectation of privacy there. I can record all day long mm-hmm. in that situation. The daycare question though, you're, you're talking about minors.
0: Yeah, this minor basically yeah, was so like, you know, autistic, couldn't speak, and then basically without they placed something on their Without the parents'
2: the bag. consent, you cannot record a minors. No, no, but the
0: minor was their child.
2: Okay, so the parents are giving consent. Yeah, Yeah. So you can do that. It, it, the, the parents
0: because it's kind of it's still a public space because it's a school right it's not someone's home right right and wherever that child's going basically
2: it depends on the expectation and privacy
0: because yes. i think she was trying to use that for law enforcement in general you know to show and then i guess there right. was some information that she had you know to show
1: and things like that won't even hold up in court because you're exactly. not allowed to do that
2: i i would consult with an attorney especially in a, in a situation like that i would have them you know talk to the attorney because why do all the work if you can't use it in court.
1: Correct. It's crazy.
0: So we have about three minutes left. What other do anyone else have any questions? I know Danny, you probably got a question. We got about three minutes left in regards to these great topics in general. I actually feel, like I said, for the T V program we kind of talk about a community problem on the podcast, we talk about, you know, about the person that's our guest to learn more about them. I think you'd be great if there's like something going on during the week where there's a missing person or something major that would we'll bring you back on to talk about okay. the community problem. Like this week, you know, um, I was thinking with the whole mask situation that, you know, we would talk about masks and I think that's just kind of an old topic already. People just tired of the mask situation. But what, what are the questions, Danny? Think about one last question that you may have because this is great information.
3: Um, what are the questions that you may have for are, Robert? Sure. Robert, are you licensed in any other state or just Nevada?
2: Just Nevada. Okay. Um, I do have access to a nice little book with retired FBI agents all around the world okay. that are licensed to you know New York or... California or Colorado, wherever. Oh, so that's and a good so, question.
3: So if you have something there, you could hire them to do something for exactly. you. Exactly. Oh, it's perfect. Absolutely. Okay, that answers my question. It's good. So you're kind
0: of in like a network of retired FBI agents. Yes. Is that your book or is that like a book that's out to the FBI people?
2: No, it's not my book. I don't I don't maintain <laughs> that. A, a good friend of mine, Jay Mason, black does that. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: no, it's yeah. good, right? You have different resources. Hey, I'm, exactly. I'm class of 86, retired <laughs> 2020, right? Like, I need yeah, some help. What's going on?
3: I was class 86. Class of 86? High school. Okay.
0: So, <laughs> all right, so the bottom line is, if you need help, um, Robert, basically, with Sin City Private Investigators, is there a certain phone number to, for them to call? Is it the 833 number? Yeah, it is. So, 833-746-2874, yep. 833-746-2874, Sin City Private Investigators, and it's in sincityprivateinvestigators.com.
1: Not limited to, just people.
0: So, anyone right. that really, that needs somebody, or if you don't sure. really, one thing I'll share is that if or you feel that, if you don't feel comfortable with a police matter that you have where cops came out, detectives came out, they can call Robert and right. has a team to help out if you want to get like reassurance of the issue or if you want some help you have a little bit of money um, to, to maybe put some closure on a specific situation or you need help, that, 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 that's where you can come into play. I think a lot of people Absolutely. just don't know, know that, Danny and sure. Bajor, that you can call a private investigator. It's not just for like the rich and famous in general, yeah. these people that, that if you want to... I said this, i about spending money, but you want to get some closure on a specific topic. Sure. Any other questions, Beja? <coughs>
1: Honestly, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, I feel like you. we could go on and on. I think it's a great idea that you brought up that you know you could come back on again if you could and you would and you will, um, sure. just to touch on different subjects. Um, it's a lot of yeah. information that these people Bezier, need to know.
0: Beja has a list of projects that people to start following. So after t- <laughs> after this, she'll give you a list of the I people, their ju- cars, the plate numbers.
1: I could just. <laughs> You are an interesting it's person. A good, it's a good I resource agree with to you have. Danny. I, I agree. It's, I, you're Robert, inter, it's interesting. We
3: taught, me and Robert talked before the podcast started, and we said yeah. it was an hour. And look at that hour when I know you looked too at the surprise. was quick. Yeah, I'm too surprised. surprised. Because I'm he like, was very interesting. It, I mean, I'm sure the people out there are going to love this because they got a lot of great information. You were great, Robert.
1: I think what I like the most about you is uh, your heart. Right? Yeah. 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 It's just that, uh, you know, you're.
3: Yeah. He's in a for the right reasons lo-
1: Exactly Not just yep. looking to uh, Take people's money yes. and, and do the minimum But yes. you know There's Really, really help them there. When yeah. I think that's the most That's probably uh, You've said it more than once Is help people Help people Help people And, yeah. and that's what we're all here for Really
0: Absolutely so. yep. Robert you know Normally I try to come up with I'm always a like creative entrepreneur And I always joke around My wife My wife thinks I'm crazy But I always <laughs> say Oh that should be a shirt And you actually said Crimes for passion And crimes for money So yes. I think you need to have shirts Let's say crime for passion and crimes for money. And the back should say Sin City Private Investigators.
1: There you go. Yeah. So you should <laughs> okay. be giving
0: out those T-shirts. I always left down in Fremont. You give shirts out. The people wear it. The homeless wear it. Everybody wears a shirt. Um,
1: David will um, always have. So I think I think it's
0: actually a good idea because Way is, to build you,
1: know,
2: you. There you go. It's
0: good. It's good marketing. So anyway, um, Robert, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll have you come back on the show. You know, in general. Again, I'm David Colmeyer, the problem solver. As a retired police officer, my goal is to help people solve problems. Uh, we do have a progressive web app, which, if you check your screen, it is the theproblemsolver.vegas. Um, that specific app will uh, be a spot where you can edit to your home phone or your desktop. If you have a specific problem, you can click on uh, where it says problems. And there's a little bit of a template. You fill out your name, your information, what type of problem. It could be where someone got a DUI, someone got arrested, someone got a car accident, they're injured, they need a doctor, they need a surgeon. Whatever it may be, the goal is to solve problems and to help you, refer you to the right resources. Again, I'm not an attorney. I'm not a doctor. The goal is to get you to the right people that we trust here, uh, specifically like Danny, myself, and Beja that we have resources in a network of different providers that help people just like Robert who has a heart is really helping people. So again, the problem solver Vegas is an app where you can add to your home screen. The number for the problem solver is 702-999-1111. Again, 702-999-1111, uh, not to be uh, mistaken for 911 which is the police. <laughs> but 999 is the problem solver. If I can't help solve the problem, then I have other problem solvers that will help out. Again, I'm David Kohlmeier, The Problem Solver. We will see you next Thursday, 4.30 for the podcast and Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on Channel 14. Be safe and have a good week.